Checking for me pod starts you know when right on now you know when right on now yes 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 i am rachel jarofsky and i am cody wilkins thoroughly entertained by my co-host rachel jarofsky and unbelievably grateful that you're tuning tuning in to listen to us right now rachel aside from being the songbird of our generation how are you feeling today how am I feeling today? I am, you know, the world is just, it never stops being a flame, you know, it, it never stops being an inferno. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, IP conflict really popping off. We got the Instagram hot takes. The left is very like, well, what do you think about the IP conflict, dirty Jew? But then the right is like, don't worry, we support Israel, you dirty Jew. So it's just sort of like, <laughs> I'm like, and then it's like, it's like, you know, you want to be like, it's complicated. And then everyone's like, that's not complicated. <laughs> uh, so it's just kind of like an overwhelming time to be, you know, kind of, kind of scrolling. And then you also see people like, you really out here sharing. And I know you just like, Started thinking about this issue yesterday. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is, it's 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 that time. It's that time on the internet. You know the time. Oh yeah, it is uh, always a clock. Uh, in fact, if you look at the terms and conditions of the internet, it says not even in small print. If it ain't one thing, it's a motherfucking another. Right. So. Oh, we just continue to trudge on, uh, scroll through, and uh, keep breathing best we can. It is it. it I, the thing is, I'm afraid to even say it's informative. I feel like it's probably misinformative in a lot of ways. Uh, right. I imagine that the things that come across in tile form in front of my eyes are probably the most egregious. Right. Mm -hmm, I'm not mm -hmm. gonna see middle of the road stuff. That's not what the internet's for. So it's also like so lame to be middle of the road. Like I'm not a middle of the road bitch. I really am not. But but it's like, what's the difference between like middle of the road and like nuance? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. There has to be a difference. There must. Um, and you know what? People just tuned into the difference. All right. We got, this is a little nuance, nuance, mm. nuance pod, nuance pod. Not sure why I'm saying it that way. Cody, what goes, what, what kind of goes of your life? What's kind of, who are you checking for? People checking for you or scrap that question altogether. How are you living my pal? Well, I'm excited because you just introduced me to a new way to say the word nuance and also made my brain think about the word nuance. so thank you for that Um, nuance knows all right go ahead i'm okay i have been checking for a lot of water sleep and ibuprofen recently the second dose of moderna kind of kind of took me out this weekend um and it was like at first i was good and then i was bad and then it was like real roller coaster would come and go and come and go so Mm -hmm. uh you know, I'm going to keep doing what I've been doing, which is staying in the crib generally. Mm-hmm. And in a couple of weeks, I'll be, you know, co 
uh, or at least close to it. Right. Um, very excited about that. Otherwise, things are very much the same for me. Uh, still just getting humbled on a regular basis, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, uh, showing up to work and being like, I write jokes, I write jokes, I write jokes. And then my boss is like, but not for me. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, what do I do with these 900 jokes Right. that I right. find some of them funny and some of them I just did thought you might like? Yeah, but it's I. Hi, I'm having a good time drinking water. Mm-hmm. Water. Uh, mm-hmm. Listeners can't see it, but Rachel's rocking uh, a nice homeward bound Chicago Bulls shirt in the, in the virtual studio today. And the Chicago Bulls were eliminated from playoff contention. Mm-hmm. So now I feel like I don't have to watch the NBA playoffs, but I will say uh, what I'm checking for are the NBA playoffs because like it'll be exciting for me to watch sports with fans in arenas again. I'm excited for that. I tried to watch like some basketball and some soccer like in the pandemic and like watching someone score a raw ass goal or like get an amazing alley-oop to silence or like just to bench ooze doesn't mm-hmm. hit the same. <laughs> so like, yeah, bench ooze, you know what I'm saying? Um, They're, they're great, but you, they need to be mic'd up. Otherwise, it just does not quite rattle the same as 30,000 people. Not that I want to see 30,000 people in an arena, but I am looking forward to uh, sports with people, sports with crowds. What is a game without the fans? I was like honestly having a thought of like, I'm going to kind of miss the bubble. Like that was just like <laughs> such its own special thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like it also really kind of like put the some of like the second string fellas on display like those who are on the team for the bench ooh it's just like when you're in the bubble like you are even more of a necessity because there's not actual fans you know what i mean right right like just like the team gasser who's just like (laughs) that was so good you know what i mean like you need that person (laughs) even more yes buddy who usually is just on the practice squad now he's on the cheer squad and (laughs) Has orange slices for LeBron. Thank you very much, sir. I hope you enjoy the remainder of your 10-day contract. We loved having you. We loved you having know. you. Meanwhile, I'm like, how do I get that job? Am I too old to be a ball boy <laughs> is my is what I would love to know. Oh, uh, we'll find out. Am I too old to be a ball boy? What would it look like to somehow get a third stimulus check? You know, these are just sort of the things that rattle right. about in my brain. Right, right, right. Um, But speaking of things rattling... In our brains, Cody and I have a bone to pick. We do every every Monday when we record this just to pull back the curtain. You know, so you guys are seeing the inner machinations like, holy shit, you guys record on a Monday. I thought you recorded on a fucking Tuesday. Uh, no, nah, it's a Monday. But we got a bone to pick with a, with a, with a demographic of, of person. Oh, yeah. Cody, are we going to tell them? Yeah, we're going we gonna to get into it. But first, before we get tight, why don't you... Sit back, relax, take a deep breath, and we'll let the music take us in to get to the week. Get, 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 get,
who fake the vax to take off the mask. Mask. <laughs> you need to get your real prematurely pulling up to the laxed masked party. All right. No, you do not have a ticket to ride, my friend, which I'm vaccinated on opposite day. Face ass. Okay. Like, Honestly, like, wear your heart on your sleeve, you know, like, say it with your chest. If you're not with modern medicine, I want you to scream it from the mountaintop, like, Marjorie Taylor Greene or some shit. Like, I, like, don't, don't be, which you're real. I was just fronting, not vaccinated, babe, right? You guys know this little song parody, Queer Al or, or Big Al, get on it. Um, not Queer Al. That's that's my version. Uh, I just, you know, people who fake the vax with your real psyche mom, make your booty shine. I still got that COVID grime having ass hey, with your yeah, wink, wink, on. nudge, nudge. Fool them again, face ass. Look, I'll say, I said it once. I'll say it again. Real patriots take it to the neck. And... If you don't know me, I am a real patriot who pays my taxes, gets my vaxes, and in return has been sort of just like greenlit by the government to collect unemployment for the rest of my life. Okay, so maybe you can get an arrangement like that. Uh, Cody, mm. Uh, mm. Cody, tell them what it is. Mm. <sighs> People who fake the vax to skip the mask, get your real... Uh, Oh for one, no shot. Johnson and Bronson looking ass. <laughs> Get your real ba da ba ba ba. I'm hating it. McDerna ducking ass. Uh-uh. Get your real <laughs> ran off on the drug twice. Get your real <laughs> doctors tried to stick me, but I ducked it. Looking ass. Okay. I respect your choice to not get vaxxed, but respect my space right. and where your max. Mm-hmm. I gotta ask you a question. Where your max at? Mm-hmm. I don't, 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 don't be coming up me here lying to me talking about, yeah, man, we cool. First of all, you know your breath stink. You you know your breath stink. That's the type of person you are. <laughs> Fake vax and no max in ass. Okay? You know, people who skip the vax to skip the mask lie about the, you, you feel, first of all, you know you the first motherfucker to watch a black person get shot on tape and be like, you should have just complied. All right? <laughs> all right? I don't care what color. You, you the first one to be like, well, what did he do wrong? Okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Y'all, the first motherfuckers be like, I'm a card carrying union member. Where's your green card, Jose? Neck ass. Come hey. on now. Look, don't play both sides of the coin. What I need you to do is put two masks on and get the fuck from around me. Cause I, I'm 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 just my arm's still sore. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And my tail is coming in strong. I will mm-hmm. smack your shit. Swap. You Cody's feel me? got a beautiful tail. A beautiful oh, yeah. tail at this point. Oh, Don't yeah. be surprised if I ask where the mask at, where the, where the mask at, where the mask at. Oh, I've been waiting to say that for uh, two minutes. I thought that was so good. I wrote it down like, okay, when, when Cody finishes this, you're about to sing this. Yo, we, we fucking around. Nate, we might have to make a remix on the low. Don't be Somebody surprised. Somebody do it. Oh, oh, we're fooling. We're fooling and joking, but we got a good ass guest and we honestly should not keep him from you so you know we are gonna grace your ears with one last beat from our magician young nathaniel and then we about to get into it hear it
back. Here we are in the virtual studio for another wonderful edition of A Guest Who Made Time. Listeners, this time around, we've got Jordan Temple. Jordan is a New York-born, bi-coastal writer-performer whose credits you might want to sit down for. As a favorite among stand-up comics, he's validated his 2018 Just for Laughs new face recognition by doing his thing for Comedy Central twice, once on a hand-picked lineup by the great Bill Burr. In theater world, he's put audiences in stitches with his two original comedic plays, Hidden Fences, shout out the Golden Globes for fumbling the bag, and The Color Urkel. Yes, I said that right. Please Google it. Most recently, he's been a writer and co-producer of two little shows you may have heard of, Emmy Award winning The Marvelous Miss Maisel and Atlanta. Also, nice guy. Jordan Temple, everybody. Jordan, how you doing, man? <laughs> that wasn't too embarrassing. <laughs> I- I can't call it, man. I'm all right, man. I had a chill day. Um, was a little bit high. Like I was telling you before, I woke up a little high because mm-hmm. um, I went to bed a little high. Had violin yesterday, um, which was nice. I've been doing like through core violin for like five months. <laughs> been semi consistent, trying to like be. I've fallen off recently, but I enjoy it. And you're trying to you're trying to add uh, Subway Showtime performer to your list of credits with that violin. Yeah, I mean, if I could just do overnight celebrity, I think I'd be okay. <laughs> I think that was the first time I fell in love with violin is when I saw that Israeli lady just busting it down. And in that video, I was like, violin is cool as hell. Also, like, I think those trap covers, if you just YouTube them, like, mm-hmm. of like like violin trap covers are some of the coolest things I've yeah. ever seen. Like it's so relaxing. Um, and it's also just a, a, a thing I always request every time I get in a lift and there's hip hop playing, I always request classical. Um, <laughs> and then I switch it up and I've taken so many damn Ubers and lifts at this point. I'm starting to see it turn over a bit when I don't even need to request that I get in and it's already playing classical. Oh, oh, word. Making the culture. VRB, <laughs> while I go down a hole looking up uh, uh, vi- trap violin covers for like the next at 90 minutes. Yeah. All right. Well, man, let's let's, let's get right into it. So after, after hearing those credits, I got to ask you straight up off the top, do you feel checked for? And if the answer is no, what are the days like when you don't? I definitely don't feel checked for. Um, I guess that's why I'm on Hinge so much. <clears throat> I'm killing it. I'm a. I'm. I feel super checked for on Hinge. I probably am. You could say unhinged on Hinge. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll be here all week. I mean, <laughs> I, I I say jokes like that in between um, suicidal ideation. So. You know, I'm just playing. <laughs> it's kind of what I it's what I get. You know what I'm saying? Um, right. But yeah, no, I don't. I don't feel checked for. Um, part of that is just, I think the long haul. Just thinking about how everything moves and what I'm trying to do. I think it just takes time, and. Um, learning how to effort and efforting and then not doing anything for a while and knowing that things will still happen when you're not doing anything sometimes. Like you can't, you can't do 
but you're still holding on to. I don't know. I was just reading Cassavetes on Cassavetes, John Cassavetes on like just everything that happened in his career, you know, uh, semi autobiographical and like prompts on just his life. And he's just like, when you're young, that's when your ideas are simple. When you get older, that's when it's commercialized and complex and hold on to the things that, that are your personality, um, that got you into this, that, are not essentially pure, but he's just saying, learn who you are and, and, and hold on to that. Because when you get older, it's hard to know what's a personality because people start giving you money and then, you know, you let go of all of that stuff. And that's where, I, that's how I feel right now. I'm just like, I have a shred of originality and personality in me and I'm figuring out what that is and really concretizing that more. And I think, um, you know, not, not to get bitter is the biggest part, right. you know? In spite or uh, or lack of success, I don't, I don't know. I'm interested, like in this is I well, this is the first time we've met. I I did take the deep dive into your website, which is just classic. Ain't nobody checking for me research. Let's hit a website <laughs> real quick and just like read the about me. Um, oh, uh, my AP English teacher would be proud of those research skills, you know how to Google a name. Um, but yeah. So how did this story start for you? Like, how'd you, you've been, I know you kind of like entered through it all on the like New York stand up scene. Um, but like, you also have this playwriting, uh, you know, background as well, or is it a background? Like you also have these plays on plays on plays. So like, how did the creation, kind of begin? I kind of just started just thinking about, I mean, I did stand up and, and, and I, in New York and I started in New York. So I got bored very fast. So I was like, how can I really stand out? Like expand my point of view already, which I already thought I stood out in the stand up circuit, but then I wanted to pivot to writing jobs. So like, and also wanted to act. So it became two in one. The playwriting was like, <clears throat> in the sense that, you know, I was able to showcase my writing and acting at the same time. And then the play was a writing sample that helped me get an interview that, you know, led to my first job. So, I mean, I never really had the background, always was around it kind of, you know. Um, so <clears throat> it was always interesting to me just as a form. I think it shares a lot of similarities and with stand-up is, you know, it is really free form and when it, but it's also kind of, uh, disrespected in a lot of ways, but people really respect it at the same time. And at the highest level, it can really make an impact. And I think that that was what I was really going for. And also I had stand-ups perform on the show. So, you know, I was just thinking about just the uh, outgrowth of the, the voice I was trying to engender is, uh, boldness absurdity nonsensical kind of nature to it and ultimately trying to have fun make people think now it's interesting that that new york is a hotbed both for comedy and for theater uh and and also that you're from new york uh it makes me think you know people are always talking about the new york comedy scene how good it is how tight the community is how much of a grind it is how far it can catapult you in whichever direction you want but we rarely talk about how the New York comedy scene is actually full of transplants, you know, 
And so I'm curious to hear about your perspective, entering and navigating that world as someone born and bred in New York, as a New York local. My favorite song right now is a song called uh, Native New Yorker by Odyssey. Mm-hmm. It's a disc. It's a disco song. It's it's amazing. It's like uh, you know, no one opens the door for a native New Yorker. You know, um, you already know the score. You're a native New Yorker. You know, it's like um, the feelings you have in a taxi cab, like like shit like that. Like it's nostalgic at the same time, reminding you that <laughs> while everybody, you know, a friend of mine said this too, my buddy. Uh, Drew Dowdy is like, you know, people move to New York to realize their dreams where like New Yorkers to realize they had, we had dreams. We just had to go outside, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's kind of the nostalgia of that is kind of, and as well as, you know, that song and what it's engendering is like reminding you like nobody, like it's harder for you because you have to realize like not only what you want to do, but you can't move to New York. Because you already are from New York. Um, so, I mean, I had that benefit and also that hindrance, I think, when I started. I was like, I already know the lay of the land. Yeah. And But at the same time, I was weirded out because I was like, what the fuck? Like, I, I'm from New York and I never knew anybody who went to fucking NYU. Now all you motherfuckers go to NYU. Like, I'm from New York. I don't know anybody who went to right, NYU. Right. And not a single soul. Let's start comedy. Everyone's in fucking NYU. What the fuck is? <laughs> what the fuck? You know? <laughs> Me standing here fun like I didn't go to NYU. <laughs> See, you know what I mean? I kind of leaned on that nostalgia, though. Like a lot of the jokes I have talk about growing up in the projects so or just absurdity, shit you need to make up when you can't go anywhere. <laughs> like, you know, people talk about tr- overemphasize truth telling way too much. It's like in stand up, it's like it's a bunch of lies. People used right. to be like right. in the fifties and be like, "That's one of the best lie tellers in the game in the business." That's right. what stand up is about lying, like as much as about truth telling. Everybody's overemphasizing. This is who I am, my personality. It's like, bitch, make right. it up. Right. Like, <laughs> also, <you're> not- <laughs> a stand up comic never saw saw anything, spoke to anyone, or did anything the other day. Or on the way to the show. That's a damn lie. All right, let's talk like this idea of trajectories, right? You know, like everybody has their own path type (laughs) shit. Um, You know, which is something that I've had to, you know, get tattooed on my stomach just to internalize. But like (laughs) when you started, like what sort of path did you envision for yourself? Or if any? I don't know, but as soon as I started, I knew I could get very good. Mm. Um, I think because I, I mean, I started improv at UCB. I got scholarships at it and it just gave me confidence being on stage that I already had by virtue of just being in the world, trying and having to be calm in a kind of sometimes dangerous environment growing up in a housing project and then going on stage with all of these things blended in my mom, you know, being like, somewhat of an actress herself in her own regard, being a great public speaker with Toastmasters. I put all those things, writing poetry, these things, and combining them into kind of this real deadpan that made me overemphasize writing. 
So I was dead, deadpan. It's like only thing you have is the words, the writing, the delivery. So all of those things kind of brought me to that space and place. I knew I could get good fast if I not just focused on writing, but deadpan came easy and I could conserve energy that way. Like I was just like sitting up there, just yeah, you know, just like the the most like uh what did somebody say one time? Uh I don't know. There was a coldness to it. But <laughs> it's grown over time. But um yeah, I just in terms of trajectory, I just felt like that was the starting point. I get the writing tight and I saw people who later had writing jobs who were a little more advanced than me. And I was like, I want that. I want the experience. I want my own show one day. I want money, obviously. This is the, this is the makes the most sense from writing for yourself to writing for somebody else, you know? I did not know about the emphasis on your writing kind of washing the hand of the deadpan delivery. Because that's one of my favorite things about your stand-up. And if you guys listening get a chance to just go and just you I honestly think Jordan your name might get completed on on Google at this point it might get auto completed you type in Jordan Temple watch this man stand up the the deadpan is one of my favorite the deliver is one of my favorite parts about it and I don't know tell me if you feel similarly but I feel like there aren't a lot of really big name or like canonical deadpan black comics you know, uh, uh, black male comics. I, I can think of a couple who are working stand-ups now. You know, I think about, you know, Wyatt Cenac, maybe, right? Che, uh, che and Hannibal. And Che and, and Hannibal, right? Um, and Gerard Carmichael, maybe. But when I think about, when, when my brain makes the quick jump to black stand-ups, it goes to Def Jam, right? It goes to sweaty niggas with towels. It goes to Cat Williams, you know what I'm saying? It goes to Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor, really animated folks on stage. Did you feel like in being that kind of deadpan performer that you're on a less forged, in a kind of less popular arena? Or or do you ever feel pressure to kind of be more animated? Have you ever in, in, in your family? <laughs> No, I mean, it's definitely less popular and less populated. I think that um, there's a lot of black stand-ups I just watch and I get sleepy um, because I'm just like, I couldn't I couldn't generate that much energy mm-hmm. to go up there. And I just think, um, I don't know. I was, I was just, I also started, and a lot of my stand-up just comes from a state of like depression. Like I just am like, depressed like i can't call it like i've never really heard that from stand-up before (laughs) (laughs) but it comes out as stoicism like black male depression comes out in stoicism because Mm. you're like yo like i'm stealing that's the guy called me he said i was stealing and i'll never forget that but it's like yeah you're girding yourself for what the world could do to you you know what i mean you're like i'm gonna be stoic like you ain't finna know what i'm thinking like right, right, I don't right. actually don't have any feelings. Like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Even right. though I'm I'm clearly super depressed. You know, <laughs> like um yeah. So with that in mind, you said you kinda you came into the game and it was like, Oh, I'm capable, I'm talented, I can and I, I wanna make some money, maybe have my own show, do all these different things. How do you 
how have you found yourself dealing with kind of unexpected twists and turns as you've grown in the industry and, and look to move yourself to the next step? Um, well, I think dealing and growing through the pandemic, um, I think I just kind of surrounded myself with like a bunch of healers. It's funny, you know, on the managerial side, like my managers and agents are like all white, white Jewish people. Mm. And on the healing side, my meditation teacher, my um, my life coach, my therapist are all black people. Oh, my Pilates, te- my Pilates teacher is white. But I just, that dichotomy has always been interesting. Uh, just as an observation, but in that regard, like, it's like where I feel safe is in my self-care practices. I've been mm-hmm. doubling, I've been doubling down on that. When I'm over-focused on work, I think about trying to get back into my body. At least ide- I- ideally, like it's right. not a perfect thing. I mean, I-, I meditate, I do all of these things to kind of self-regulate and regulate my emotions and try to be like self-possessed and go back into my, you know, my breathing, doing love and kindness, all this, you know, woo-woo feels like LA shit, but like everyone should do. And it feels, right. at least to me, is like how I make peace with the idea of where I could be. Because I couldn't, the only, the only way to really focus up is like get back to the aspirational phase for me like what did i want to do when i first started i wanted a writing job i said right or i wanted to get funny okay i did that okay i did conan i did these things but then i couldn't imagine in my wildest dreams i would have not just the credits i have but um the ability to turn like ideas into jokes and to even just be talking to you to you guys and you know it's uh it's uh it's it's difficult but um i don't know i'm tr- i'm trying to give myself a chance okay so getting into like the fun questions after we just all you know got good and emotional uh for the last 20 minutes um you know we're here ain't nobody checking for me is emotion first let's be real bits dead last um (laughs) so atlanta and mazel uh what were your favorite things about both of those rooms like what was the coolest thing about the atlanta room what was the coolest thing i have a lot of i I have a lot of questions about the mazel room actually being a jew myself but uh uh, what what were your favorite things about sort of like each of those rooms and experiences? Mm. Well, I know when I started, I felt like I had the opportunity to learn from geniuses. I think that they they're always going to be the smartest people in the room, Donald and Amy, respectively, and they have um, and the shows have more com in common with each other than, you know, at first glance. Like, for me, I like both shows because in a world where so many sh- so many TV shows are focused on the music industry in some aspect, I'm like, this is it. Like, this is as good as it's going to get. Like, we don't need more TV shows that follow somebody in the music or entertainment industry. Like, this is the highest concept level that it could be. We don't need to overcook this like this is this is it um 
And the way they go about it is kind of making it not about whatever you think it's going to be. It's like for Maisel, it's like, oh, the stand up. It's like it's uh, more about her family, her growing relationship with her ex-husband and the fact that he's not a traditional man in this time because he actually takes care of the kids when she's not around. What a what a concept, you know. And then, you know, uh, on the side of Atlanta, it's like, you know, uh, you think it's about uh, rappers and then it's getting into black depression and mental illness and, you know, um, just what it's like geographically from zone to zone, maybe even in Atlanta or whatever the case may be. Um, so, I mean, the shows, I mean, just for the depth that they put into them, I think uh, watching them first as a fan and then working on them kind of blew my mind. I'm still learning about what I learned from them <laughs> sometimes. Um, and working for them both in the last two years has been kind of mental because they are still so different. I mean, it's two di- different time periods. I, I was looking in a... I have like this book, 1100 words. You should know something. And I came across a lily livered with a friend and I wrote it down in my electronic notebook. I was like in my Maisel pad, like folder. I was like, I'm going to say, I'm going to say lily livered for Maisel because they would right. say some goofy shit. Like that. <laughs> Does that mean like, like you're soft or something or like you're easily scared? What is lily like a coward? Yeah, yeah. Coward. Yeah. Lily livered. Yeah. Some goofy shit. That does sound um, Yeah, I don't know. I just, every time they hit me up for something or, you know, at the right jokes, I just hop in my DeLorean. I'm just like, <laughs> let, me, let me get my time machine and talk right. like a white lady in 1960. You know, that's very accessible <laughs> right. to me. Right. <laughs> you get in your DeLorean, you, you drive back to the 60s, but make sure not to get out of the car. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Did I answer your question? I no, you absolutely answered my question. <laughs> I did have a question asking how Jewy is the Maisel room, and then I texted Cody like, "I'm not going to ask that question. That's just <laughs> we don't need." <laughs> but you we just don't need did that question, and then I did ask ask it. But I think before let's but, but, um, my legs are going to get sore trying to get us to tiptoe on these eggshells here because that's a very fair question for you to ask Rachel but I feel like it could be a dangerous question for Jordan to answer right, how Julie is it let me tell you well on a scale of you know I could tell you how black it's not right there you go <laughs> <laughs> all right all right Jordan now that you're here kind of standing at the top of Mount fuck with me. Where do you want to head next? (laughs) (laughs) You know, like what, what is the pie? What does pie in the sky checkery look like for you? Uh, have my own show on HBO been in development, but I'm going to write it on spec. I think, uh, having my own show and starting my own HBO show. That's the next thing. Um, writing the shit out of the spec. And, um, you know, being committing to it and being self-possessed and not letting the doubts overcloud, um, the things that got me here, which is like, I think a degree of so a reasonable degree of self-confidence, hard work, um, diligence and kind of a connectivity and self-awareness into tapping into that environment that I'm trying to, you know, 
bring to the outside world and, you know, not keep what seems esoteric to, to myself, but actually translating and like cracking codes for whatever structure or dialogue that really reaches someone like being like, Oh, this really connects to me. And also, yeah, it's not just like, Oh, breaking the form. Like it makes sense and it's readable right. and it's a good ass script and we want to turn into a show, you know, here's your fucking show and green light that shit. That's, that's my biggest thing. I think. Nice. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, you heard that universe. You heard that listeners. Uh, now, finally, before we let you go, we got to ask you the question we ask everybody, which is Jordan Temple. What do you want people checking for from you next? Nothing. <laughs> no. Nothing. Uh, no. Um, I'm almost done with this short. Like, that is like a weird uh, satire, I guess you could call on the wellness industry. Because uh, it's, it's about like people in this wellness uh, recovery or addiction group. And uh, they're like, this guy is basically having a fucking, um, who like play by me is having like a wellness, like relapse where like he's getting like IV vitamins pumped into him at the same time he's having like a wellness addiction group on zoom and then it kind of takes him into his daily life and the ups and downs of like how his trauma in his life led him to all this weird like wellness and like self-care shit which is a prop which is kind of a problem i had <laughs> uh, which is based off me and then you see him through through the whole thing like i get into arguments with his dad who tells him he should go to therapy instead of do all this self-care and wellness shit. But his dad doesn't do any self-care and wellness shit. So it's kind of an insular argument, like with his dad, this copy meets and then some other people about the idea of like therapy versus wellness and like people who like think they're don't know they're sick, like think they're well because they do all the shit and people who are well, like, you know, don't know they're sick and like vice versa and all this shit and it's you know i called it uh jordan temple is a wellness addict and, Yo, um, I, was just, I, was just, I was just about to be like oh so this is jordan temple's wellness addiction diaries like, yeah like, yeah basically this is what, what this is kind of kind of i i yeah real I'm life i'm addicted to meditation yeah i mean uh, what God is it, bless. true life, <laughs> true life. <laughs> yeah basically all right. Well, so well, so, that's, so so that's next. People can't watch it yet, though. No, I'm almost done writing it. It'll be like my next sample. I'm gonna do it as like a web series kind of thing. But hopefully that'll get done. If not, it'll just be a sample. And then in that case, I'll just put it online. There you go. But you go. I don't. I don't know. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you heard it from you heard it from the man himself, Jordan Temple, joining us in the virtual studio. Jordan, thanks for coming through. I'm Rachel Jarofsky. I'm Cody Wilkins, and this has been another wonderful episode uh, featuring again Jordan Temple. Oh, ain't nobody checking for me. We all gonna do this clip. Oh, can I play a violin for y'all in the clip? Oh yeah. Oh shit! Go grab the violin. What's that? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> b -b 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 Bonus footage. <laughs>
Jordan Temple on the violin, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Rachel Jarovsky. I'm Cody Wilkins, and we are out.